Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello and welcome to Round Gary's Way, where we talk about denim jackets with the master of denim, the status quo man himself, the man who knows to, how to rock all over parts of Essex, I guess. That'll be you, Gary Hayes. Status quo? Yeah. No, no, Bruce Springsteen. No, it's We not love a same. Canadian tuxedo, both of us. And John McEnroe. Really? What, yeah. what is a Canadian tuxedo? Double denim. Double denim. So That's... denim jacket and denim, but it all matches. Oh, okay. Canadian tuxedo. Oh, mm. is that classy? I was meant to interview John McEnroe once, and I was going to go dress in my Canadian tuxedo just to impress him, but then he cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I wonder it's... why. Yeah. Well, there's a hundred reasons yeah. why. One, he may have heard about your impressions. Two, he may actually have Can heard about serious. You. Oh, it's another one. And three, he might just have seen a photo of you. Um, Just to take it away from round Gary's way, uh, we have the illustrious Mr. Andrew Saunders here as usual. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Uh, You you did some pole dancing on Twitter, didn't you? I did a pole. Oh, was that it? Oh, okay. I did a pole. Obviously, we've had our stupid international week in between. But in the last uh, podcast that we did, Gary was uh, regaling us with certain accents. So I did a little poll on Twitter about which of Gary's accents is the worst. His Maori accent. What were they? they? The Maori accent, the uh, the Desai and Ron Harris. Ron Ron was was going to be here to read out the results, but he couldn't make it this evening. It was pretty neck and neck all the way through, but who won in the end? The Maori. It was split three ways. Mm. It was 34 for the Maori, 33 for Desai, 33 for Big Ron. These are the worst... Accents Gary does. He sounds he sounds sort of proud of it, doesn't he? You went boss eyed with fear then when you thought about it. It was quite (laughs) funny. You were thinking, oh my god. He went blind. So which which is your worst one out of them all? Well, I mean, I think they're all equally appalling, (laughs) frankly. (laughs) Which is why I needed to do a poll. Each is loved equally as much as the the other, which is what Andy's poll proved. 
Uh, well, I'm not quite sure. I think it means a lot of people had Although, a lot of views. I think Someone... the Desai one was the most offensive, frankly. Offensive? Offensive. Yeah, it was excellent. You asked Marcel, it was like Marcel was in the room. <laughs> and that week was his 50th birthday as well. And you ruined it for him. Mm. <laughs> but I, I got told today that I sound like a posh Joe Cole. What? Yeah. By whom? A mentalist? An American. Right, well, there you go. Yeah. On YouTube. All Americans think English people are Australian. Yeah. I wouldn't take anything. Yeah. On, on YouTube, um, I got a message saying, uh, I thought you'd like this uh, because I did another podcast. <gasps> what? Helping promote the Chelsea, London is Blue. And uh, the guy, yes, that Valencia's did name, you get us, said, did you get any Gary pro- sounds like a posh Joe Cole. Did you get our permission to do another podcast? Well, I was promoting this, of but also it's part of my contract with The Athletic where you can read my, my work that I have to do stuff like can that. Can we read it for free? No, you have to if pay. You have, if you have my login... <laughs> what is your login? It's um, gary at gary.com, password Gary. <laughs> it probably actually is. No, sorry, that is a lie. It's voice activated. Only Ron Harris can enter. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> there you go. So now, everyone, keep this recording and play it near the login. That'd be fine. Well, okay. Well, that's really wasted quite a bit of my life, which I'm never going to get back. Um, I suppose we should talk about football now, Andy. This was your first game of the season, wasn't first it? First game back. Chelsea now has my full attention. And how did well? What was it oh, like was going back into the stadium again? It was wonderful. Seeing, do you have a group of people that you know around you that you go hello, and they all go hello, Andy? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I've been sitting next to Stephen and Anita for a long, long time now since the stand opened. In fact, because I got my season ticket in the West Stand lower when it when it when it opened when it was refurbished, and um, so I've known them for ages, and I've seen them have their kids. Their kids are growing up. Their kids are coming to the refurbished. The, sounds like a rubbish estate agent yeah. or something, but yeah. Um, and then Gary. Who sits near me? Not this Gary, a nice Gary. Gal. And, <laughs> a nice uh, Gary. And uh, you one know, R or two. Trevor and Marianne and uh, Alf. They all sit near me. Yeah. So you know, a real a real mix of people that have been there, you know, forever. So that's always nice. It's nice to see them. And we do have these long extended periods where we don't see each other because obviously the summer happens. So it's quite nice to see them uh, back again. But I took my good friend Michael Martin, who's South African, who's a Chelsea fan, who'd never been to a game. He's been living here for eighteen months and is about to go back. And I said, look, we'll get you to a game. So I took him, and you know, he picked a really good one. So uh, good for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it, it was. It was. It was one of those days, wasn't it? I mean, um, oh, let's let's talk about how it sort of developed the, the day. You know, we are seeing something very different with this Chelsea side under Sarri. There's a certain way of playing. There's a certain style of playing. No matter what happens so far in the games we've seen, we've not been pressurised into changing our game. We keep working at it. There's a calmness that we haven't seen. Okay, look, it doesn't really mean anything. You know, we've got West Ham coming up. We've got Liverpool coming up. Things could change. But do you not feel there's a real feel-good factor about the place at the moment? Look, I don't think you can help but have a feel-good factor when you've won five on the spin. Um, that, that's always going to, you know, get, get the, you know, get, get the fans up. Um, and it was a nice sunny day, and all those things helped for it to be a great atmosphere. You know, Cardiff, I think, from minute one, proved that they weren't there to play football. Um, were there to boot the ball long and you know put ten men behind the ball and see if they could survive as long as possible. Um, so even when they scored, which we'll come on and talk about, I never my heart rate never went up. I never felt for a second like we weren't going to win the game. Um, and that, and that's a nice place to be as a Chelsea fan. And what about you, Gary? Were you watching this while doing some DIY or something? Because you don't go to football anymore, do you? No, yeah, why don't you go to football? You big plastic. 
I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying not going to football at the moment. I'm enjoying being at home. Why aren't you going to sanding football? down my windows? Being banned. Yes. Well, in, in all seriousness, um, because of my health issues last year, I didn't go as much. Uh, but now I'm back on the wagon. I'm not covering. What, what do you mean on you're back on the wagon? Isn't that the wrong analogy? Yeah. Are you d- not drinking now? Is no, that right, what, what I mean? mean is that now I'm you're back on the horse. I'm healthy. I've, why are we put him on a horse? <laughs> well, it's better than a wagon. Because I'm the king, it's and I because he fell off the parade, horse. So he's back on. I the parade horse. with the, the the key to my city. But if you're street. on the wagon, that means you've you've you, you've stopped drinking. Yeah, well, it means that you're healthy. Who doesn't? No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. You it can doesn't. use it in that context. It means you, you stop being a booze hound. Oh, God, I'm sorry that I wasn't a junkie like you two. <laughs> like, come on. Cool, that escalated quickly, didn't it? <laughs> Not bad, was it? No. Oh. Take the boy out of wherever that place is. Yeah. So you had, your, you had your arse issues. Yes. Your glute issues. Well, oh, right, okay. I thought was... it was the glute. Um, and then you couldn't go. And you're not working in the press nice. corps anymore, is that what you're saying? Uh, well, I am sort of, but I've pivoted oh, since then. Nice. Yes, I've pivoted. So Kente I'm not having style. to do... Do you do that on the wagon or on the horse? On the horse. Right. We're okay. like dressage as we okay. do it. Okay. <laughs> you know? um, do you get so... your hair done in plaits? No, that's not dressage. That's not yeah. dressage. Not the not. riders, the horses. That's no, the I know, horse. but I think it'd be look better in We plaits, trot. Don't you? Look at that. Okay. You know, you trot. So you're on a dancing horse... Carry on. Trotting. Right. Um, but to now, I just don't have to cover football anymore. And I enjoy it. Right. I like not having to do it. So do you not want to go to games? I'd like to as go a as a fan. fan. Yeah, but at the moment, I'm just doing other things in my life that I'm enjoying. I've got my weekends back. So how do you watch the game? Uh, I watch the game on Chelsea TV. So right. when, they get, when they get the full game, and I listen on the radio. Oh, what Absolutely. you mean? Listen to the radio. Yeah, yeah, and then, then, I, then I watch the game back. What do you think, but, Do you think Massive Plastic? Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I just haven't been to matches for 35 years, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 yeah, in, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm enjoying it and I'm enjoying not having to put up with the social media stuff and going... And I knew there you was still a get pro- abuse off social I, media. In, in all seriousness, though, I knew there was a problem in covering football when it was last season in September and I think we drew one all with Arsenal, was it, at home? Mm-hmm. And I remember the questions I were asking Wenger. Well, this feels like a therapy session. And... Uh, <laughs> Journalists were asking Wenger the question. I was sat next to a guy who remained nameless, and we were both just saying, like, who cares? The questions they were asking us, like, who cares? You ask this guy the same stuff every week, who cares? And it was just then that I decided, you know what, I've been really ill, I want to take a step back, and I want to focus on doing something that's got more credibility than a headline that gets clicks. And mm. that's what I'm doing now. But isn't that, that's very similar, that, that whole journalistic approach. You, you know, having done tennis with you through the summer, that yeah. whole agenda You're not a issue. journalist. But, but, but no, the, but the thing is, though, them. what I'm tired of is <laughs> I'm tired of being sat in... You know, I didn't really expect to talk about this this evening. But I, I'm tired Good. of being sat there Might in press rooms and having a group of journalists dictate the agenda for the news and dictate when stuff's being put out, what they're saying about what's being put out, trying to dictate what goes on with the questions that are being asked, and then standing around going, all oh, right, so um, when are we going to run that line then? And then sort of trying to elbow certain people out of the way so that they sort of control the news. I'm just tired of it. I yeah, just I know. It. And I just thought, you know what, this isn't, this isn't right. I don't like it. But also, I don't want to have to look myself in the mirror and do what you do for a living. 
Well, I'm well, not surprised you don't want to look. No, and, and, and that's it. So I just looked and I thought, you know what? I didn't get into it to do this, and I was just tired and I was ill. I just thought I don't want to have to do this I, anymore. I'd rather talk about it in a better way, in a more creative way. And that sounds just oh, to create it. It sounds really pretentious, but that's what I'm doing now. I'm doing more voices. Got, this, You're doing more voices. Exactly. You know, I'm becoming like the rich man's Alistair McGowan. You what? Know? Hang on, the rich man's Alistair McGowan. Yeah. Why the rich man's Alistair McGowan? Well, what does that mean? Alistair McGowan is the poor man's Gary Hayes. I see. Oh, look at the way <laughs> he's done on, oh. I know what you mean, though. I mean, I, I, I haven't had as much experience as you. I mean, I used to do the commentary for Radio Chelsea and go into the press room afterwards and experience that slightly hateful atmosphere of football journalists. And I always used to think that being a football journalist would be a brilliant job, you know. But actually, it is. It, it, the, I, I, I guess it can be. But when you're in that situation where it's so political and it's so cliquey and it's so, you know, it's so backbiting, it, I just, I just, I looked at them and I just thought, God, you were, you were all unhappy. Yeah, and the thing that I don't, I don't like about it now, especially, is that how self-righteous everyone is. And I just like, come on, like, you know, it's I don't, you know, I've got some journalist friends who I like and I respect. You know, people that do websites, people that do newspapers, people who do the Chelsea. Yeah, people that do the Chelsea. Kerry, um, you're not a journalist. <laughs> but but oh, by and large, I don't, and, uh, I don't yeah. get along with journalists. You know. It's like it's not like I've had an argument with him. I don't. Anyway, I'm a writer. I don't, fit, I don't fit in, I guess, and that's why I've never done newspapers. That's why. I remember the first time I came on here. When was that? It was like nearly three years ago, what wasn't a it? Mistake. But I, when I came on and we were speaking about stuff, and I said, "Look, was it yeah. after I had my meltdown?" It was before. During. Yeah. <laughs> just just as I said to you that I was on very oh, strong painkillers. He's doing a vengo. He's got all the possession of doing nothing with it. Um, I remember that line very well. Um, but. Yeah, and it was just, I remember we were speaking about it, and I said, yeah, I'm a journalist, but I'm not that kind of journalist. And again, I'm criticising self-righteousness, and that's me being self-righteous, I guess. But it's just like a side of it that I don't enjoy. And I don't enjoy, you know, getting my nose in someone's dirt. You know, like there's that guy, um, he he invented this thing called garbology, and uh, he used to follow Bob Dylan around Greenwich Village, and he'd basically go through Bob Dylan's trash. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I forget his name, and and he's... We said, oh, my proudest moment in life was Bob Dylan got his son, Jacob, when he was a kid, and I was going through his bins, and Bob Dylan said, look at that guy there, you never want to become a guy like that. And to me, I just think that that's where journalism is at the moment, and I'm mm. glad that I'm oh, not doing it. Nice, Gary. Yes, that was actually really good. Yeah. Good God. Well, I think, I think we have to say, Gary, thank you so much for sharing that. But also add, you're still a massive plastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I was only going to Chelsea because I was getting paid to go. Yeah, yeah I've never really... paid to go. When we've taken him to football, and we have taken him to football, we took him, we've taken him away. He just stands up with his arms folded, refusing to sing, doesn't he? Yeah. That, that... He, well, but you know, he also thinks everyone's looking at him. <laughs> That's why I'm stood there because I'm yeah. like, yes, I'm it's, here. You can look. It's like it's his rock and roll <laughs> by the side don't of be the stage. We I, I, are I, as I put, one. I put a hat on the floor, and it's like I'm in Central Parks as a statue. Yeah. Just stood there. Han- handsome man stands. Yeah, this whole thing about <laughs> handsome, everything is... Virile man. I, yeah. Obviously, there's issues, aren't there? I think it's projecting. Yeah. <laughs> should we yeah. talk about Peacocking. football? I, I think we should. Okay, well, I, I was going to say, you know, it's, it's becoming a predictable team at the moment. He doesn't like rotation so far. No. This week we'll talk about once we get to the Europa League later this week and things, but he seems to pick it. He's taken up that age-old mantle that everyone does with, is it Pedro, is it William? Um, It's exactly the same. And then, of course, the one big burning issue was the decision over the centre-forward. Now, I think we'd said uh, it seemed like a very sensible move to pick Giroud for the game with Cardiff, etc. But 
I actually wonder if... He's actually quite direct, Sari. If things don't work, he seems to make his mind up. Look at Bakayoko. Bakayoko got two and a half games in pre-season. Um, and, uh, and he made his mind up very quickly that we just didn't need him. And people were saying, who is it um, who's in the, in the side at the moment? They're saying, oh, they've, you know, he's got to try and play him because he cost 15 or 20 million or whatever. And I, I said, well, look at Bakayoko. Bakayoko cost 42 million, played two and a half games in pre-season pretty much. And then he decided, let's get shot. We'll never see him back. He's never coming back. Sarri, as, as laid back as he seems, seemed actually to be a silent assassin. I think he knows his own mind. Up. I think yeah. one of the things I'm starting to like about Sarri is he's quite weird willing to stand behind his decisions and and he's very honest I thought his post-match interviews were very honest basically saying yeah I really enjoyed the game it was fantastic to see Hazard you know I think he's the best player in Europe um, but look we have to work on our defence there's, there's elements of our game that I don't like and you know he was basically voicing what the fans were thinking we're not stupid most of us aren't stupid you know where we can look at a game and see where the deficiencies are and we'll come along and talk to that I wanted to start though with with Olivier Giroud and his inclusion in the team because I must admit when I saw that I thought mm, okay that's interesting I I wonder why he's done that. I thought Giroud was absolutely brilliant on Saturday. His hold-up play, his ability to occupy defenders, his ability to bring other players in the game. I think he's actually creating a new position in football, which is the non-scoring striker. You know, I think he's actually developing a role like Makaleli did, where he, it's a whole new position. Where when you look at him for France, where he won the World Cup, he's not there to score goals. He's there to score. He's there to cause havoc to allow other people. To, to score goals it's brilliant it's, it's, it's masterful and I think that you know anybody that looks at Giroud and looks at his goal scoring record is missing the point he yeah, was brilliant they don't understand what it is he's doing and I think, I think with him as well is that he's like a, a counterpoint of the attack He's not there, like I say, to score goals. He's there to put Hazard in a better position to score a goal. And now like that Hazard's got that, at the weekend. yeah, now that Hazard's got that freer role, now that he's basically been been liberated, yeah. um, and, and told that you know he, his job is to is to run between the spaces, you know, to essentially you know be a real number ten now. Um, you know, th- th- I mean, the goal that he scored where Giroud somehow got the ball to him was brilliant. Yeah, and and I just the think the second that, goal, yeah, the second goal, and I think that it's 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 really interesting. What watching those two play together. We all know that William Pedro is interchangeable, as it proved on Saturday, where, you know, where, where one was substituted for the other again, and it will continue to be so. You know, it's really interesting to watch what Giroud does when he comes on. I don't think Giroud's going to be the right option for every game. I think sometimes you've got to have a little bit of silk up front to, you know, to, to, to create opportunities against teams that are you know, going to be slightly more proficient in defence. You know, let's, let's be honest, Cardiff were dreadful. They were dreadful from minute one. There was a moment, my son Harry, you know, pointed out to me where they were in their own half. They were by their penalty area. And Harry said to me, they're going to take a long throw from here. And it was like, don't be stupid. Who takes a long throw from their own half into the opposition half? And sure enough, you know, the guy was bunging the long throws in all day, which was a bit of a weapon for him. Took a long throw from opposite their own penalty area into their half and lost the ball. And it was like, that was the equivalent of a hoof upfield. And it was like, he spotted it. And I'm like, surely they're not going to do that. But you it's know. all that idea of where that they know Chelsea want to win possession in the final third. So they're like... We're going to concede possession, but we'll concede it on halfway line. Exactly, it's exactly to, what it's exactly what it was. We're Gary. all behind the ball. We're all Is behind it? the ball, and we're in position. But they were losing else. two 0 at that point. <laughs> you know, it was it was ridiculous. Two one, two one. But then that's right, the yeah. thing that they they play the teams like that, regardless of how Chelsea play, whether it was Conte last season or 
when Mourinho was here or Di Matteo, teams come and play at Stamford Bridge where, you know, Cardiff, for instance, they play that game of averages. They think, look, we'll get a certain amount of set pieces and we'll try to make them count, but we're not going to do anything in open play. So then what they do is they don't want to get turned. So they're happy to hoof the ball and concede possession on the halfway line. Because I think, well, look, we're going to concede possession, but we'll concede it further away from our goal. Yeah, I think, and, I think and that's, that's what, absolutely true. That's and, what the purpose and, of that is. Yeah, and I think that the idea of average is absolutely true. And, and the concede, our, our conceding that first goal was a great example of them pumping a ball into the box, us not dealing with it, you know, on the edge of our box. You know, Jorginho just not tracking the run of Sol Bamba. And, you know, it was just one of those classic lower division sides who, who you know, managed to, you know, to, to, to expose some of our you know weaknesses in defence well I, th- I think you know I've mentioned it a couple of times uh, it seems that Sarri works things out in certain orders and the defence is something we've talked about on here that Luis seems to be a pick because he understands what Sarri wants with a certain amount of ball play up to a point but I think it won't take too long for Sarri to decide he's getting bored with how that defence keeps doing it. And one does fear, you know, if we had played the Liverpool front three on Saturday, what may or may not have happened. Maybe we would have actually got it together more because we'd have not been so complacent. I don't know. But you do worry about how fragile that is, especially through the centre of the defence more than anything. Um, The one surprise has actually been Alonso has been really trying to get stuck in a lot more than we probably thought he would do. And he's been getting back an awful lot. As Piliqueta, well, he looks great. And we finally saw um, a couple of saves from Ariza Balaga. Didn't we? You know, he did a couple of big well, punches. A couple of punches. They and then he had that one oh, yeah, header at the near post that yeah, yeah. looked quite decent. So Yeah, he hasn't really had a lot to do. No, he hasn't. I mean, he had nothing. Know, which I think is a good indication. We had 77% possession in that game, 18 shots, uh, seven on target. You know, we, we dominated in every single aspect of that game. That is not a game to judge our season by. We were always going to turn them over. I said last, last week four goals and, you know, and, you know, I just think it was fairly obvious that it was going to be, you know, goals, not necessarily four, but it was going to be a lot of goals once we got one. Um, and, you know, there will be tougher tests to come. But I think we can all celebrate the fact that we're five in a row for the first time ever in the Premier League. You know, we are, you know, we've got West Ham on Sunday. We've got Liverpool, which I think is going to be a difficult game. And then we've got Southampton away, cocked up a 2-0 lead yesterday. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a really good start in terms of games for us this season. There will be tougher tests to come. Yeah, I, and I think, I think, you know, you're right. Uh, this is a, a great start. It could have been so much worse. We could have got a couple of draws, and then we'd be then we'd be like Tottenham, um, you know. Which, let's face it, is quite amusing. But I mean, Gary, for you, um, the the other thing I wanted to talk about is the importance of, say, someone like Kovacic as well. He looks as though he's just slotted in, and it was interesting because the person who got kicked by Cardiff for the whole of the first half was not Hazard, it was Kovacic. They went after him. And at one point, he was really holding his leg. Three times I saw him get taken out off the ball. And three times it obviously hurt him. And, you know, obviously he went in at half time to to try and get it sorted out, came out, lasted a few minutes, and that was it. But that's quite interesting that they gave him that much kudos that they went after him in the game. He's almost like an extension of Jorginho, isn't he? But he's Jorginho on the move, where he, he'll play a bit further up, where it's almost like he's the, the main player. Jorginho looks to to get balls to, to to get Chelsea going. But, yeah, he's impressive. And you can see the difference, it, like we said before, when he came off the bench against Arsenal. You could just see the difference between him and Barkley. 
But that's not to criticise Barkley because Barkley's been asked to play a role that he's never played before. Um, that's why I think that maybe Barkley could work in that three-man midfield because he's not having to do the role that Kovacic is alongside Jorginho. But yeah, it's, it's impressive to see what he's doing. He needs, um, to, he needs to figure out his um, his finishing. I mean, a couple of. I was deep. about to get onto that. That's the yeah. concern: the goals from midfield. You're not expecting Jorginho to get goals, but the other two need to be chipping in. To be fair, the keeper made two decent but saves. Still, yeah. he. They're, they're saves that the goalkeeper shouldn't be making, especially the one where Giroud, yeah. Giroud puts that lovely, weird, backheel, karate chop ball through to him. And um, he should be putting that away. He just needs to be calmer in front of goal. But maybe that'll come. But then you look at his record, he's not known for scoring goals from midfield. And I know we're nitpicking, but I'm going to compare him to Man City because they're the champions and Chelsea are playing a style that is you know, reminiscent of what Man City are playing. And they're three-man midfield behind the strikers scores goals. You know, um, it's normally De Bruyne and David Silva and they get goals, you know, and uh, Sterling, Sane and, and Aguero are the main goal scorers, but everyone else chips in. Kovacic and, and, and Jorginho don't have yeah, any record of scoring At Chelsea, goals. that's the that's no, concern. Not even that, at Chelsea. I mean, they, they the, don't have a record of scoring but goals. But that's what I mean, though, is that you look in, you think, where are the goals coming from yeah. outside of the front three? Which, which is, you look in, you think, okay, look, you need your front three to be to be scoring. They're going to be the, they're going to get the, you know, the bounty of the goals, but you need to be chipping in at other times. Well, that sort of brings us on to Kante as well, doesn't it? There's a little bit of criticism of the way Kante is being played at the moment. Um, you know, and I know that that's, some, that's something that we've, um, you know, that we've addressed as well. But I'm looking at it and I think it's actually genius. And I think closing down space further up the pitch is creating opportunities for those front three. You know, I think that that can be tweaked. I think that when we play Liverpool, Man City, Man United and some of the other, you know, top teams, as you might want to call them, you know, that that might be tweaked. But at the moment when you're playing Cardiff, win that ball in that final third. And can, no better player for yeah. winning the ball than Kante. That's creating so many opportunities. 18 shots you know I mean I think and a lot of that is down to Kante shutting down space I think the concern is when you play a bigger I say bigger side a better side those defenders and those players in the round the areas where Hazard's going to be operating are going to be better at shutting that space down themselves I agree and that's why that's why it needs to be tweaked for those games that's why you need that extra bit of creativity to bypass it yeah Um, I don't think Sarri's a mug though I I do think that he will look at what's required for each game at the moment he's had a run of games where he can basically just go massively on the front foot yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and, and, and it'd be interesting to see Liverpool will be the real test I think the real test when he sits down and, and, and looks at their team looks at our team and says how do we nullify Salah how do we get hold of Mane how do we get hold of Firmino you know what do we do with these really quick agile players how do we stop them coming through midfield you know I think if, if, if he puts together something tactically in that game, I'll lift my hat to him. You know, the, then the I'll have a concern is, about what he does with Kanto if he doesn't change it for that game. He, when we say about it, he'll play a certain way against Cardiff, he'll probably play the same way against Liverpool. I think he and will. And he'll play the same way against... We saw him do it in the... I know it's only the Community Shield, but he did the same thing. And that the Chelsea team playing City, if they were playing them this weekend, come would be different to that, champion, uh, that Community Shield side. Not necessarily personnel, but just the way that they operate because they're better than they were then and they're fitter as well. But you see, this year, City have... I think the average touches for their goals this year has been... Sorry, the average passes for their goals has been three. Yeah. Something like direct. that. Because they, Guardiola, credit to him, they're not this ticky-tacker side anymore. No. They've changed it and we saw it in the Community Shield. They're a counter-attacking team. But disguised as a Guardiola side. Well, Bernardo's and they did made, it to Chelsea. Bernardo's made a real difference to what the, the way they play. He's a much more direct player. Yeah, yeah you, you see it. And the, the, way they're, the, yeah, the way they operate 
is they turn over possession real quick. They did it against Fulham, you know. They swarmed within 90 seconds. They swarm Seri, win possession. Fernandinho breaks in and Sane's getting a tap in because they're counter-attacking. But they're not counter-attacking by sitting deep. Yeah. They're counter-attacking by turning you over on the halfway line. It's very similar to what we're doing in terms of swarming. But in terms of the way Chelsea... Yeah, they'll, they'll have that press. But the yeah. way Chelsea are playing, you look at the stats, there's you know, no side in Europe has outpassed Chelsea this yeah. season. And... Outside but in of, terms of winning and turnover, in turn, you know, yeah, as, they I, say, as they say, yeah, that, 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 football, that's, that's the press that that they're going to, you know, apply. Yeah. But City now are more less touches to get in the box, whereas yeah. Chelsea are happier to pass you into submission. Where you know, I think Chelsea's average pass passing in a game this year has been like seven hundred and forty-seven, and then the closest to that is Barcelona and Madrid on like seven hundred and ten and seven hundred and three or something. No, well, that's side, Jorginho, isn't it? Yeah, no, no, yeah, no other side has hit. An average of 700 or more outside of I mean, Jorginho is just a passing machine. Yeah, but and I think when you see City, they've adapted where they are just turning teams real quick, doing the same principle and winning the ball, but boom, hitting them like they did Fulham. Do you think it's a bit different as well, the way we're passing? Because the one thing I hear uh, from people uh, not far from me in the, in the ground is, oh, look, we're turning into Arsenal. And I really don't think we are because no. the, way, the reason why we're passing like we are is to try and open up a space. And when a space opens up, we try and utilise it quickly. Arsenal did just overpass. And it, I think we are passing uh, a lot more with purpose. And actually, everyone is awake and alert and looking for when that run actually goes into an open space and when things are possible. That's why when you see Jorginho just knocking it backwards and forwards, you know, three or four yards between a couple of them, uh, they're, they're actually just, if you notice, it's just little shifts from them all the time to try and open up space. It's really interesting. They aren't just meaningless. What, what it seems to be what, purpose. What we're not doing, which we've done in recent seasons, is the long diagonal ball. You know, the ball from Louise where he's picking it up and trying to hit the fullback running forward. They do it at kickoff, though. And I was do, just going to say, they, they do, do it at kickoff, kickoff, but they're not doing it time. in open yeah, play yeah, yeah. as much. You know, that was our tactic, wasn't it? Find Ivanovic, yeah. find Moses, you know, really find spread Alonso, it. spread it out, put that fullback under pressure, knock it back. It's coming through Jorginho now. It's a pivot. It's very much a pivot in midfield now. Yeah. I like it a lot. I think Kovacic is great. He's injured, obviously. I don't know. I don't know how serious that injury is. You know, he's got it's a, a knock- dead leg, isn't it? That's what yeah. I'm saying. So. Yeah, but that's because he but, was getting whacked. Yeah. But it, you know, he's creating opportunities. I think he's got real aggression. He's got real talent. I thought he'd be more of a dribbler, but maybe that will come in certain games. But you know, he's 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 Essien like. I think. Doesn't I he like look him. like? Doesn't he look like Hazard's he bigger brother? He does. He does. You know, he just a fraction. You just go. Oh my god. That's we should talk about Hazard because the story on Saturday was Hazard. That's the story. Right. You know, I thought he was... Well, actually, the story was Hazard, but also, for me, the story was what you talked about earlier, was Giroud, because actually right. Giroud makes Hazard sing every time those two have ever played together. It... At some point, ha- uh, Giroud has come up with an amazing little flick yeah. or pass for Hazard to yeah. go in and score or miss or whatever. We saw it last magic, against West yes. Brom. Yeah. You saw the beginnings of it then. Yeah, absolutely. L- l- listen, it's semantics to a degree. The story, you know, for me, the story, that's a story, I think, but the story, <laughs> the story, the story was the fact that Eden Hazard is starting to look like a world class player. Now, we've always known that he's been a sublime player, that he 
can do it in fits and starts that you know that on occasion he can give defenders twisted blood that he can prove himself to be the equal oh, I like of that. Uh, twisted in, blood uh, that he can prove himself to be the equal of, of any player in Europe if not the world but he doesn't do it consistently and I think what we're seeing this season is Eden has a dominating games and that was a truly dominant performance I think that the way that he approached that game his 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 intelligence on the ball his ability to find space his finishing almost the perfect game for me and I think that you know to, to see an Eden Hazard in that type of form enjoying football enjoying playing playing to his obvious ability I think it's a wonderful thing as a Chelsea fan well I I, I couldn't agree more and I'd heard actually that the reason he's got better is because he heard Gary give him a bit of a coating earlier this season and yeah Gary you don't yeah. like Hazard do you yeah. so. no it's not it's not that he just disappoints me but what you're saying is right you yeah. know and this is something I was speaking about I forget what I was talking to but I'm trying to work out whether this is him now coming into his prime or whether he's finally got a manager that understands him. I think I, it's the latter. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, because one thing I'd say about... I think one leads to the, the other, actually. The, the, the criticism, yeah, the criticism that he's had, and from me, I think is valid, but equally so, what you can say is, well, look, he hasn't had a manager that plays to his strengths, because Di Matteo was... Oh, it was Di Matteo, but, you know, then Rafa Benitez comes in and sort of, that's a season of consolidation, Right. And then um, Jose comes in and requests him to do this defensive stuff and wants to flog him, you know, in terms of his work rate. And then, you know, uh, Conte sort of found a measure for him in the first season and he, he played well and obviously won a title. But still told him to play on the left. Yeah, and then and now he seems to have just been told that, you know, he's been given what he wants, you know, and whether that's Sarri bowing to him or whether Sarri's just gone, look, for me to play the system I want, I need a guy like you. You know, so it could be that he's coming into his prime and he's got the right manager at the right time. But at least now he's got a manager that understands him more so than the five managers he's had before. I think you've got a manager that understands that to win, to you know, to, to really make an impression, you've got to have a fantastic creative player in your team, whether it's Mohamed Salah, whether it's David Silva, whether it's Kevin De Bruyne, whether it's, you know, whoever. You know, it, you've got to have that player that's going to make the team tick. And I think he understands that the player in the Chelsea team to do that is not Jorginho, who's a passing machine, or Kovacic, who's a workhorse, or Giroud, who's a workhorse, or William and... You know, and Pedro, who are great support actors, it's Hazard. Hazard makes that team tick. And if he can get the very best out of Hazard, he can get the very best out of Chelsea. And I think, in some ways, that's why I'm really liking Sarri at the moment, is he's understanding where players' strengths are. You know, and, and for me, that's a really positive thing. As I say, stronger test to come. Ask me after the Liverpool game, you know, how I think he did tactically. That's going to be the test for me. Uh, I also think what he's done <clears throat> is I think you're absolutely right. Um, he's told Hazard, and he said it to, to all of us. He said, I've told him I only want him to play in that top third. I don't want him coming back. I don't want him doing this and doing that. What that has done has put on an added pressure which has so far been met by the rest of the team and Marcus Alonso in particular. Alonso, I know we've talked about him last week, but you know, it's just extraordinary the amount of work that that boy does every game. The shift that he puts up and down the wing, and I've yet to see him. Okay, he may have missed some tackles, but he always gets back for them. You know, he's he is actually really making the whole Hazard situation work. And I think that's testament to Sarri 
making these players play like that. Now, whether, whether we can still do that in three months down the line and they're not all knackered, that's going to be the question. You know, it's like Conte. We all fell in love with the way he played that first season, but then you started hearing sort of rumblings that everyone's knackered, everyone's had enough of double training or this, that and the other. So we'll see whether Sarri burns them out or knows how to cope with a squad and takes care of the players. That's always a weird criticism of teams that play with a, a press... Because what they're not stupid. They're not just, you know, if they work together as a team, they can sustain it because they're doing it at different periods. Different players are pressing. It's always the criticism of Liverpool that they burn out in the last twenty minutes, and that's where you. That's when you get. But out then Sarri doesn't do it. You know, that, that's why Klopp calls it like heavy metal football because it is. Rah, 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 do you know what I mean? Whereas this is more. Is that your heavy metal impression? Yeah. Excellent. See, I do many. I thought it was a bit more death metal, didn't you? The, this Andy? is more the way Sarri plays. More stadium rock. If you want right, to, you know, okay. talk about, yeah. you know, it's sustained. Like Springsteen can go for four hours because he's not there going, whoa. You know what I mean? Whereas that's what Liverpool do. Whereas Chelsea do it and then they slow it down a bit and then they they press a little bit more and then you know they bring in a ballad. Do you know what I mean? It's like, do, do you see the? Come on, you got to work with me. You know, do, do you see what I mean about the way Chelsea it's plays? Possibly that the worst it's, analogy of oh, it's, it's perfect, um, but it, it's not. Yeah, we, it's, we play in ballads. <laughs> Stadium ballads. Oh, I bet you're going to turn on <laughs> Chicago ballads. next oh, or some God. awful AOR. Um, yeah, White, White Snake. Boston. I know. No, I'm just saying I know. Um, but you see what I mean? It's more, there's, there's a method to it. And I'm not saying there's not a method to what Liverpool do, but Liverpool's pressing is really frantic. And, you know, I was watching, before I was painting my windows on Saturday, I watched the Liverpool Spurs game. And the way they play is just like... I get tired watching them mm. because I'm like. Well, you but you do know that you know with 20 minutes to go, if you've got yeah, anything yeah. left and in the Spurs came right into it exactly. You know, and, and, and I they, think... they should have got a draw. Yeah, they should have done. Well, but, it was a penalty. But I think that's what it is: is that they just they could you know and even last season when they were like four one up against City and they nearly blew it. You know, they do get to that stage in a in a match where it's sort of like right now it's open season and if they haven't killed you off before that 70 minute mark that yeah you, and you're still in the game then. You go for it, which I think is sort of what Bournemouth tried to do to us, wasn't it? Stay in the game in case they get tired. Here's well, that's how they conceded Bournemouth because they, they suddenly decided to push forward when it was still a draw in 70 minutes. And then we broke and they came and fouled us straight away and we got a goal from the free kick because they were all out of position. Yeah. Here's, here's a question. Are we, are we missing the marauding runs of Victor Moses? Because Aspilicueta is not offering us a huge yeah, don't, We don't need that. Well, I'm no. asking the question. Yeah, I, no, we're not. We don't need it. No. The, the way Chelsea play, you don't need... Because I know we play a back th- uh, four on paper, but I think in attack it almost becomes a back three because you see... Again, I've, I can't talk too much. I'm not there seeing it, but you can see on TV as the, the, the shape of the game, as, as it goes, that those three defenders sort of become a little bit more central as Alonso goes. So Alonso's been given the licence to yeah. go and everybody else sits. Yeah, and so I think yeah. that they, they yeah. adapt to, to the game in front of them. But obviously if you're there in person, you can watch it more and you can spend 20 minutes watching them. And what do we think, it, what TV, do we think so of David know. Luiz? You know, for me, still, still the kind of wobbly... Bit of that they need a leader in the middle, which I was going to come on to earlier. When okay, you were well, talking let, about... let's come back in a sec because we've got to go to a quick break. The Chelsea is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale. Watney's Pale Ale, the Chelsea beer of the month. The Chelsea is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. 
Welcome back, and uh, just so we have a special treat for you, here is Ron Harris with our new beer sponsor. Well, you know, it's only Ron Harris, and I'm here drinking Watney's, you know, an easy-drinking pale ale, golden in colour, like something else, with citrus aromas, light sweetness, and a hoppy dry finish. Thank you very much, Ron Harris and Watney's Pale Ale, now available in a can. Um, so here we are, <laughs> back again. Uh, yes, now the burning question of the day after that is David Luiz. I wonder if he drinks Watney's Pale Ale. Well, the only thing that's going to be burning. Uh, can, can I just make the point of what I was saying about David Luiz is that um, you see the first goal that Chelsea, well, the only goal Chelsea conceded. Um, there's a lack of leadership in, in defence and um, to, to leave Bamba or to leave Jorginho on Bamba who's a guy who's like double his size in height and width that stuff doesn't happen with a leader at the back you know it's almost like Rudiger and Louise had gone disappearing and then they were almost looking at each other as if to say no no that's your job so it was Alonso that missed the first header and Jorginho that wasn't able to stop Bamba and it was no, no, just, yeah I just think like, that, that area goal. should be controlled by yeah. your centre backs yeah, that's, that's their job and it was an actual set piece. They must have hundreds of attempts at doing that. Yeah. You know, so you would have thought someone had done their homework. It didn't, I, mean, I mean, the other side it, of it is they were very big as well. well I mean, it's a pure championship goal. Yeah. Long free kick into the mixer, headed across goal for the big bloke to it, knock it, well, it, was, it was a training ground routine because it was. it was a case of... And I think in those situations, that this is what I mean about a leader as well, that you might want to set up a certain way... But then, and I'm going to talk about John Terry just because it's a, a relevant situation, but you'd see him ordering the defence around because they would read what was happening. And he would see that, hold up, Sean Morrison's here, Bamba's here, something's going on. And the ball comes in, it's Morrison that wins it, that comes over and Bamba's the one getting on the end of it. It was a training ground routine. Of course it was. But no one was there to look at it and think, no. OK, Nobody what's going on? No. No, yeah, no one, no one wanted to read it. It's almost like, OK, we've got That's a free kick to job. defend. Yeah, yeah, who's going to sort us out then? And... I don't even think Azpilicueta should as captain because his captaincy is a different idea of what you want for your captain. But you need a leader at the back in the mm. centre there to say, you know, someone take Morrison, right. someone take Bamba, doesn't, and you cover that space. So taking David Luiz doesn't solve the problem because you put Christensen in there and then he's not a leader yet. Yeah. Yet. Um, so what's the answer? A better centre-back who's a, a leader, I guess. Who's at another club So still. we should have yeah. bought Van Dijk, basically. <laughs> yeah, but, and that's, that's what you see with Van Dijk, what he's done to Liverpool. He's just he's given a bit of organisation. And that's why you know, certain managers, why Jose stood by John Terry so much and yeah. other managers that came in, they knew they needed him. They, they knew that he lost, some, they, they lost a, a certain way of playing with him, but then they got so much more defensively that allowed them to win matches. And you, know, you look at when Ferguson had... Uh, Stan. Yeah, Vidic and uh, Ferdinand. Ferdinand yeah. Yeah, a great partnership together because they were both leaders and they'd both boss the defence around and, and get it going. Well, City right? have got company as well, haven't they? And yeah. It makes a huge difference, even though he's probably not the most mobile of centre-backs now. You know, his leadership but is then huge you, you, you see even with Laporte, he's, is the, he's not necessarily a leader as such, but he sort of sniffs out that danger. Yeah. And yeah. Chelsea don't really have it. And, you know, not even Cahill's got that. No. You know, no so I, we have been lacking, you know, other than John Terry, like getting a good partner for him over the years, you know, probably not since, I guess, Carvalho, that we've had a really great 
centre pairing. Um, yeah. You know, Luis can be absolutely magnificent. You know, he can do incredible things, but we also know the other side of him. And he doesn't lead. He needs somebody to lead him in a lot of I ways. I think he plays too emotionally. I think that, that my problem with David Luiz is I don't think he has enough football intelligence to make me feel safe. I think he plays emotionally, he plays in the moment, he plays, yeah. you know, he plays as a South American football. He, you know, he he will play with passion and he'll put his head where it hurts. He'll do all the stuff that fans like. I just don't think what you're talking about, about reading the game, about organising, particularly a back four, it's slightly different with a back three. It's slightly easier with a back three. A back four is a very different beast. And I, I'm, I'm still going to bang on about this. I don't think the back four necessarily is working as well as we'd like it to. And as I say, you know, with these tests coming up, with these games coming up, I think we might get found out. I really with, do. With, with Louise, I'd love to hear what's going on in his, in his head when something is happening where, he, where he's exposed or the ball is coming in like that. And I just think it's like, a, you, I can imagine like the young David Louise in his head running around like, ah! <laughs> Whereas you'd think John Terry would just be, there'd be a serenity. where he'd, he'd, You know, like to talk about M- uh, Messi when they're like, oh, when he goes past players, he glides past them and he's like, everything, he sees everything in slow motion. It's almost like John Terry did that, where he'd see it and he'd just have this quick second to pause. And, you know, I know it's not a movie, but in a film you see it where they can... Well, they talk about taking a photograph, don't they? Yeah, the and then and... the player surveys it and then everything <laughs> speeds up again. You, you, know, you, you see and you have like that the... rotational vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I think John Terry had that. I think four and... players in our recent history, have had that ability to take that photo, pause and look at it. Terry, obviously, Lampard in midfield, Zola, definitely, and probably Hazard. And I think they're probably the only four players in recent history that have got the ability to really... Well, I don't don't even put him in that camp. I think it's a defence. He was was like David Louise light in terms of being erratic, because he he had a mistake in him, didn't he? But I just think Louise has just got... The amount of mistakes... Too those, much going on upstairs where he just seems to go crazy. The amount of mistakes that those four players made on the ball or in, in anticipation of the ball are minimal. You know, Lampard, Terry, Zola, Hazard, you know, on the ball. I mean, occasionally, in fact, funnily enough, you know, Hazard, the Hazard breakdown from Hazard led to the free kick that led to the first goal. But, you know, that's a rarity. Often Hazard is seeing things three, four moves ahead of everybody yeah. else. And that's my point. Lampard had the same ability to, to be... Looking around, he's constantly knowing when to make that, knowing run. when to do it, and it was about the decision making. And I, I'd like to hear, you know, other players that have got that ability. I don't think there's many, possibly Balak, possibly, but you know, even him, I think, was you know not in the same league as those four I've mentioned. Mm. Yeah, no, I think you're probably right. So, I mean, really, I mean, that, that's Cardiff, you know, pretty much done and dusted. We it was easy. It, we fell behind. We didn't change our game. We carried on relentless and we ended up scoring some lovely relentless goals. Relentless is a good word. We were relentless. Yeah, yeah. We were. And and also, I loved the moment when Jorginho went and picked the ball up for the penalty and carried it straight over to Eden Hazard. You know, because Jorginho is our, uh, is our penalty taker now. Um, is he? Yeah, he is. When was that um, confirmed? Because it because he took a penalty. No, because he's he does it for Italy. I'm sure I've read somewhere that he is the penalty no, taker. No, I thought that it was Hazard that he Hazard even said that oh, maybe he did it while I wasn't there, but I'm still taking it. I thought it was I thought it was Hazard. Well whatever, I saw him pick what the I've ball up and take it straight uh, over. That, to that was a nice moment. But I think what, what was also interesting is that Hazard isn't rolling the ball in the net anymore. He's just smacking it. Yeah, you know, but, I don't yeah, but still from it. only a, pay, a step and a half. How was that for you in your seats anyway? Because you had like you'd have a good view on that. I can't see the goal from where because everyone stands up. Because you're only yeah, four foot. Could have stood on the seat. Like a little no. hobbit. No, but you know, I mean it is actually why is it there's all the signs about persistent standing. The majority of 
the Matthew Harding lower do not want to stand up and nobody does anything about it. There's people with kids who can't see the game. It's frustrating. Me being short, I guarantee I always have somebody who's six foot four in front of me. I never see any of the goals till I get home from to see match of the day. Don't you? No. You could Probably take never. these cans of Watney's and stand on each one of them. That yeah, exactly. But, you, you know, I mean, it is annoying. Can't you stand on your seat? No, because then the, there's people behind, you know. It's don't just... worry about them. No, don't yeah. worry about them. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm just too considerate. It does drive me nuts. I mean, you can understand people standing up for penalties. I mean, everything everybody stands yeah, up for penalties. And for big games, and, but and also, Cardiff at home. The, the entire game, I think there's got to be a... You know, got to be a conversation about that. But when when an attack when, when, when an attack is developing and when there's a penalty or when there's a free kick, yeah. standing up is acceptable. Oh, you know, totally. But, but but how, how did you find it on the shed in the eighties? Well, it's different because you went in there knowing you were going to stand. Uh, that, no, no, but I just mean for you watching the match. What was it like? It was the atmosphere. You went for the atmosphere. You know, it was amazing. Henry never stood in the shed. He always oh. went in the posh seats. <laughs> I didn't. I used to go in the shed actually, but um, I don't you went mind on the that. Benches. But, yeah. No, I never went on the bench. Never liked the benches. I went on the benches. But, yeah, but I don't mind standing. I like watching the know. game side on. You see that? Yeah. No, I, I mean, did that I once. To... The benches. It was um, ninety six, ninety seven, two all. Right. Yeah. Zola scored them both. Michael Branch scored the opener for Everton. Michael Branch. God, you are Rain Man. You are really Rain Man. But, but yeah, so it does drive me mad. I don't understand why it's allowed to go on. I think having a standing area is fantastic, but don't just put in people in there who don't want to be there, you know. The club goes on and says well, they'll you can set always move. people. Well, no, it's not that easy because we've got four of us there. And, and Does Jackie you give you a running wanna... commentary? Sorry? Does Jackie let you know what's going on? No, she can't see either. <laughs> Jackie's considerably taller oh, but than Carrick. So I remember <laughs> just talking about the shed. It must. It was like 90-91 season, and we were playing for Forest. you six. How old was I then? Nine. Yeah, nine, eight or nine. And we were playing Forest, and um, we drew one all. And Kerry, I think it was Kerry Dixon's last goal for Chelsea. And because it was that season, he only scored like seven goals, and everyone thought it was going to beat Tamblin's record. And he scored a header, and it was a throw-in. And I remember, because I remember wanting to go to the toilet. My brother was like, if I go, we're going to score. We'll wait. And then we had the throw and the score. And I was like, ah, see, I told you. But that game, there was a daughter and her dad. And her dad was blind. And she was commentating the game to him. And it was so funny because she'd go, that was a really bad foul there, dad, that the ref didn't give. And all of you would go, oh, you're a referee, you're a... You know, it was just really funny. So thinking of you getting the running commentary. You yeah. could be doing the same. Yeah. Could be a considerably taller wife. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, drives me nuts and it shouldn't be allowed. And Chelsea should do something about it. Jackie's anyway. too busy crying anyway throughout the yeah, game. She, she just she cries throughout emotional. every game. She loves it. It's great. In that Leicester game, she was in floods of tears. Was she? Yeah. She gets she gets very involved in the really? game and engaged in the game. Doesn't she? She, doesn't, she doesn't like the tension. No, absolutely. It's <laughs> what, so the Leicester game we went to in the yeah. cup. Yeah, yeah but, but you you see, you're a journalist. See, I, I was too so in, observant. I was too engrossed watching the game. That's, yeah. So I, I wasn't paying any attention. You were just thinking, I must look so virile to all these people here with my arms folded, pouting, and my shades and on. My shades on. I'm not gonna sing. I won't it's not that I refuse see. to see. I'm just like I'm watching. That's the thing. No. I go to football. I watch the game. You don't know the words because you're such a plastic. That's yeah, I do. You know, uh, <laughs> Alvaro. Whoa. That was played at the Leicester game we went to. Uh, well, there we played, go. Played, sang. Anyway, I mean, anyway, all lovely, all good, <laughs> all great. Williams goal, magical. Ooh, lovely. After after I <laughs> after I just turn around to my son and go. Problem with William, he's got no final progress. Oh, but you said that for years. I There's know. so many things you say that you're proven wrong on. But yeah. let's not worry about it. Let's move on. So this week. 
Thursday nights, and it's not even on Channel 5. At 6 o'clock. Well, 5.55pm. Oh, is it? Oh, thank you for telling me. I would have missed that. Yeah, don't. That. Yeah, you would have done. Yeah, probably. Um, so anybody out there watching in the UK, remember, it is a 5.55pm kickoff. Yeah, so it's, and if you're East Coast USA, it's 12.55. Thank you ever so much. And what's it like, if, what's the time in Australia? We'll get 11 hours ahead, but it depends where you are, whether you're in... You no, know. they're not 11. They're like 8, aren't they? Well, no. Perth, New Zealand Perth, is no, 11 and 13, depending on... I think Perth, like savings. Perth on Hearts, the western yeah. side is, is, 11. Is, is 11, I think. Yeah. No, it's not 11. Yeah, it New is. Zealand is Maybe. 11. I don't know. No, anyway, you're I don't wrong. care. Um, so and I've, only, I've only got family that live there. Haven't you t- heard my accent? Well, yeah, yeah, well... Yeah, anyway. let's not go there. Let's not go there. But so, anyway, anyway... I'm excited about it. I'm quite excited about it. Apparently, um, uh, it's it's a real mission when you get over there. The club have issued all sorts of directives and yeah. rules about you can't do this and you can't wear colours and you've got to get the official bus and you mustn't talk can't in sing. English and mustn't sing and all this kind of stuff. So uh, quite a lot of the fans that are going are, you know, are, are stealing themselves for, you know, a bit of a mission when they're out there. And good luck to them for going out to Greece to pack Salonica. I yeah. think we're supposed to call it, isn't it? I think so, um, that's about right. And uh, th- th- this is the team with the owner that pulled a gun on the referee, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and, cool. And so, you know, they have a little bit of a reputation. be very, very interesting to see what team he plays. Well, have you seen the squad? It's it's quite an interesting squad because there's a few surprise admissions. Well, no, no Danny Drinkwater. No Danny Drinkwater. But yeah, he was on the bench on Saturday. Mm. Um, it's very strange, but it's it's all about homegrown players, isn't it? Because you know Fabregas counts as a homegrown player, but Drinkwater doesn't because he's only been with us for a year. Um, it's it, yeah, it's really what? odd. Yeah. No, that can't be right. No, that, that. I was he's, a home, he's a homegrown player because he he's came English. through a system in. Are he you came sure? through an academy so in England. Danny Drinkwater, I think it doesn't count as a homegrown player. Just hasn't been put in because. You're going no. to sell him in January? No, the, yeah. I was reading this uh-huh. thing about... It's it's a complete mess. Where did you read this? I'm oh, I can't I'll find it, I'll find it, and I'll, I'll send you a link. Oh, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> the the mirror. He's English, Kerry. How can he not be a homegrown player? No, Well, he can't... This is what I'm saying. It's a really odd situation. Okay. Fabregas counts as homegrown. Um... Hudson Adoy isn't named in the squad. That sounds but, like massive bollocks. Uh, we'll see. Um, Hudson Adoy is not named in the squad, but because he's under yeah, 18. He's in the B. Yeah, the B so list. they can call him yeah. in at any time. Yeah. Um, who else um, isn't in Ampadu. there? Ampadu. Ampadu is in. Um, it's, a, it's a very interesting sort of setup. Piazon isn't in. I didn't know he was in the Premiership squad even. No, do you know what I mean? It's really odd. Yeah, some of these these sort of players. But what what are you thinking about? I I want to watch it in that, but win or lose, I don't really care. I don't, I don't get that. I don't no, care. Understand. No, I don't oh, care. I care. I, I very care. much care. No, uh, whether it will be a exciting football or not, I don't know. I mean, I think I think we will drastically okay. change the squad. I think we will give so-called fringe players a go. But you know, it's a European competition. All, all, all I want to see with it is I just want to see progress, and that's what I mean about. I don't care whether they win or lose matches in the Europa League. I just care about seeing progress. So seeing, just looking at, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, my perfect lineup would be Caballero in goal. No, don't play him. You know what he is. You know, he doesn't need to play. Play, um, what's his face? The young Polish goalkeeper. Get, yeah, play he's him. A, he's in the squad. But, but I'm saying play him because... I agree. I think he will. You, you're not going to learn anything from Caballero. Look, Caballero's there in case Kepa gets injured. During a game, I, I agree with all this, but I want us to win the League Cup. You know, I, I want us. Yeah, to but win that, that's different. I just think the Europa League is such a a strain on a club's resources. Whether you're 
Barcelona, Chelsea, or Paxalonica, you have to play so so many matches where you've got an extra round to play. Yeah, I agree. But my, my point is, I want us to win. I want us to rotate. I don't want us to play our you know Top our team. eleven Premiership yeah. players. You know, I think you need to leave a little bit of experience in there. The, the, the one know, benefit to you, winning, you could probably play William in there because he's just a machine. You know, you probably wouldn't play Hazard. You know, you'd probably play someone else. But I mean, I think you can mix it up as you would do in the Carling Cup. But I want to win. But what I'd like, I, I care. Means that the one benefit to winning is that it means they get more matches to yeah. work out more stuff. But I'd just like to I'd like to see him say, okay, look, I know Barkley isn't this Kovacic style player, so let's try him in the attacking three. Yeah. Let's try him on the right side. And just use it as not so much calling it a pre-season friendlies, you know, no, doing it experimentation. Yeah, using it to say, okay, look, we're going to have a competitive environment. Try new ideas. Okay, yeah, we're going to try yeah. new ideas because we're a team in evolution and I we can that. use this to perfect certain areas of this side that moving forward are going to serve us bet well in two or three years' time. So give Bolka time so you learn a bit more about him, how he copes under pressure of a, you know, this partisan Greek crowd on his back. How, how's he going to react to that? How's Ampadu going to react to that? You know, um, how's hudson Odoi going to play against a, a veteran fullback who's, okay, maybe hasn't got the legs on him, but is more wily yeah. and will, you know, kick him a little bit, pinch him and, and, you know, do stuff to him that a kid his age who's, going to get burned by him doesn't have the experience to deal with that's what I want to see and yeah, it's I, so it's about the performance but not about the result and I know that sounds like a cop out because you're like if Chelsea get to the final and win it I'll be celebrating like we did in 2013 but I just look and think where this team is and what they're doing this isn't a priority you it, know what I, it's not, I think we're, we're talking about the same thing here yeah. it's, it's not a priority it's an opportunity to experiment try new ideas it's an opportunity for players to come into the team and get football um, and to impress the manager I think where we're differing slightly is I care and I, I want to win it and I want to win every game that we play and uh, I, I can't I can't watch a Chelsea game and think I don't care. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm I agree with everything we're saying and I think the other thing is we'll learn more about Sarri as well. That's what I'm finding exciting about every game because we'll see what his thought process is on this. We, we, as soon as you see the side, you'll work something. Be interesting out. if he plays Morata because then that's Morata out against West Ham. Yeah, well, that that'd be interesting, you know. And and West Ham is going to be an interesting game in its own right. Now that West Ham has suddenly discovered they they think they know how to play football, mm, they're going to turn. Are us we over. talking about West Ham? Now? You think? Sorry, are we talking about West Ham? Now? Yeah, I think we okay, are. Okay, well, look, a... let, let, let's um, let's just uh, we'll let's just say this about West Ham. West Ham beat Everton at the weekend. The only reason they beat Everton was because Everton have got nothing up front. <laughs> Everton could have scored five yeah. goals in that game. Twice, you know. I said on Twitter, if, if Eden Hazard has a good night's sleep and a hearty breakfast before he plays West Ham, look out West Ham, because Eden Hazard will rip that defence to shreds, absolutely rip them to shreds, and Everton, I'm afraid, just don't have that ability to do that. So West Ham can come in all pumped up after their win against Everton, but it will be a very, very different proposition for them. And But you're right, we got turned over last season. Masuaku had a brilliant and game season last season. Before. You know, it, it's possible. It's the it's the worst stadium in the Premier League. It's horrible. I'm going to the game, I'm, and I'm, I know I'm not going to enjoy the view because you're so far up behind the goal behind the running track you know I'm going you know I'm going I don't know I guess that cause trouble aren't you I'm going more out of duty um, than than, than enjoyment because it's such a horrible ground to watch football it is a difficult place to go and play Um, but I think I think we'll turn over because they're crap they're utter crap but uh, it's just one of those results one of those games that you just look at them winning it's West Ham and it's almost like they turn it round just before they're playing us when we've got this Europa League tied to you know, to deal with, you know, he shouldn't even be bringing Hazard over there to say, look, to stay at home, you don't need the miles, you know, to travel, you know, keep the key players in, in London, you know, let them rest up, do their 
training, you know, by themselves with, with the few others that are left because it's just, it's just got bogey written all over it. They get the win just at the time that they need it. Uh, and then look, I, I read it differently. I, that's definitely one way of looking at it. It's absolutely valid way of looking at it. I look at it different. I look at them, you know, getting a full sense of security out of it, you know, where, you know, we've gone up to Goodison, you know, we've, we've got a good win against Everton. We're coming back, we're all pumped up. I think they're just going to, they're going to absolutely face a very, very different the thing They're going to face a different Chelsea team to what they have in recent seasons but I just look at it that some of our worst performances in the last couple of years have come at that hellhole well we'll see so okay well we're just about out of time so let's do predictions for for the Greece game uh, Andy oh, the Greece game um, I these these games are always tricky and I think bearing in mind that we're going to put putting a very different team out and they may not play together I'm not going to say it's going to be a walkover so I think we'll win but I think it'll be 2-0 one, one. One one. I'm going for three nil Chelsea. Right, West Ham, Gary. One nil to West Ham. Boo! I'm gonna go for three one Chelsea. I said four nil against Cardiff and it was four one. I'm gonna say four nil against West Ham because I think they're crap. <laughs> I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope I think Andy's you are right. wrong. I genuinely I think hope so. I, I can stand. It's just forth. a pessimist in me, I just think and the thing is is that there's a lot of people that I don't like to support that team. Yeah. Well, well my whole family, for one. You yeah, know, so. Louise's yeah, side of the family. Mean, what, don't you Louise? like Andy's family? <laughs> no, Louise's side of the family, they're all West Ham, yeah. and I don't like any of them. There you go. And they know I don't like them. Well, there you go. That sounds lovely. Well, good night, Andy's family, and good night, Gary's family, and people that he knows who don't like him. Uh, they don't like it up them. What, what accent was that? I've no idea. It's one from around his way. Around Gary's Is way. Is it Welsh? In, in Chelmsford. <laughs> we don't speak like that. <laughs> Chelmsford. <laughs> Chelmsford, they don't even speak. Yeah, because we're, we're so advanced. We, we speak in sign language. <laughs> anyway. Telepathy. Anyway, goodbye from the delusional centre of the universe. And uh, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you all next week. You're not going to be here. No, I'll be in the Sahara. I'll oh, be, I'm in I'll Newcastle. Be, I'm in charge. You're in charge. Excellent. Yes, excellent. It's You're... my birthday next Tuesday as well. Is it? Yeah. Oh, why don't you oh. do There'll it There'll be cake. Own? There'll be, be clowns. There'll be clowns. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Talking to which Gary can't no, make I, it next week. I'm in week. Newcastle next week. Why are you in Newcastle? Because I'm launching their official app. I've been developing their app for a Oh, you summer. told me about that. Mm. Right, okay. Do you want to see it? It's no, no, we don't. No, it's just got no interest. We've got no interest. No. Thanks no. for sharing that. So, yeah, well, a happy birthday Thank next you. week, Andy. And, um, yeah, have a good time. Thank you. Have a nice time in the Sahara. Don't get lost. Okay. Just go left over the right June. Okay. Bye now. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. The Chelsea is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.